evening. Welcome to another episode of The Black Sports Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. My lap more. We all out here. It's the full oh. furnace again. Feel me? Late, late night edition. Come on. Ooh. 112 and that. Come on. Wait, 112. You don't know about 112. You're showing no. your age. Bro, you don't know about 112. What's 112? It's an R&B group, fam. Nah, bro. Oh, but my God. But to be honest, like, when, it came, when it came to music, I was a bit late on the uptick. And Peter, don't, 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 don't hate, you know. We've got, we've got millennials listening to, to like, 80s and 90s R&B, fam. Millennials, they calling themselves the sweaties. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, see how um, Beyonce fans on the Beehive, Keith Sweats <laughs> fans are called the sweaties. <laughs> Yeah, sounds Gosh. like they need antipress brands. Wow. Uh, you need to make it work somehow, innit? <laughs> I wonder, well, I wonder who, what Cisco's fans will be called. The sissies. You want to say something, Robert? Yeah, I was going to say, what your fan base be called? Mighty Moe's. I'm joking. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if I want a fan base. Mm. Yeah, you do. I don't, fam. You do. I think artists, like, I don't know. I don't know if I want a fan base. Actually, I, feel like no, I, do. Be... I do. Exactly. I do. Every day you're starting. I do, fam. I do. I'm not going to lie. I do. Now, nah, obviously, with the photography in that, yeah, when man bangs, yeah, man's going to have them, man's going to have that fan base. Feel me? That, that, that thousand true fans that whatever I drop they will buy you know the ones there they're money refunding my lifestyle Chase <laughs> alright well this is the furnace and it's late so we're not doing anything the way that we're supposed to so let's try and get back on track um, sorry not sorry I think Peter's in the hot seat I think hot I'm seat in the hot seat, hot seat. nah he was in the hot seat last I week was in the hot seat last week I tried it it's your turn can I go I'm first? You jumped into that a bit too quickly, fam. Well, it's because it's a fairly easy, nice one. Um, mm, that's and, what he says now. Well, it's fairly unique as well. I don't think we've ever asked this in the um Sorry, not sorry before. Okay, but, come on, humble. What's your favourite Bible verse and why? Favourite Bible verse? And why? Okay. Favourite Bible verse, that's very easy, Galatians 1. Right. Um, but that's big for Bible chapter, but um, the whole premise of Galatians 1, um, Paul speaking about um, the gospel and the Galatians having believed a different gospel. That's when he mentions, um, if anyone preaches to you another gospel, let them be accursed. And he, he says that twice. Um, and then he says, how can you complete in the flesh what was began in the spirit? Um, but he also says um, the gospel that I preach was not taught to me by man nor was it handed down by men but it was revealed to me it, it was given to me through the revelation of Jesus Christ and that has shaped the way that I go about ministry it's shaped the way that I pursue God it, it has shaped the way that I try to communicate God um, and it's my favourite verse because it's um, so the story behind it was when I first came to faith um, there was a time that I went on a, on a fast so I, I kind of went to a retreat center by myself and I fasted 
and that was the scripture that God gave me on the first day of fasting and it, it's carried and I've been a Christian for about 10 years and it's literally carried me for these 10 years where I will I will like start to learn new things and try to be trying to implement them and blah 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 and be like doing different things ministry wise and God will bring me right back to that place of the gospel you learned wasn't taught it was not theology it isn't doctrine it, the gospel that I believed in and I currently still believe in is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that can save me, the revelation of Jesus Christ, not theology, not another person's doctrine, not Calvinism, not Arminianism. None of that can save me. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as I try to convey that, it's not trying to convey Calvinism or any any of those doctrines or anything. It's, it's trying to bring people into the revelation of Jesus. And I can't do that. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so it, it then puts me in a position where I'm not trying to save people. I'm just trying to be a means through which the Holy Spirit can reveal Jesus to these people. Um, and it may be through doctrine, and it may be through whatever, but it's just that's not what saved them. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's also a warning for me where it's just like I can't complete. I can't complete what was begun in the spirit in my in my flesh it was like my striving and the context specifically was to do a circumcision but it is applicable to um a wider context in terms of trying to complete what was begun in a spirit in the flesh um so yeah for me that's that's one of my favorite um bible chapters um that has stuck with me mm. for these 10 years um and i pray Listen. it does so all the more um, it would be good to hear what you guys' favourite verses or chapters are. Robert says Songs of Solomon. I was about to say Songs of Solomon. I, I think it might be like chapter 8 where it starts <laughs> talking about her her breasts are like heaps of fig clusters and blah blah blah. But it gets all graphic in that. Anyway. <laughs> um, I think after favourite song is definitely Psalm 1. That's a great song. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, just and just because it like sets out how one should go about being diligent in the word and not being with the pagans, otherwise you should become a pagan like the pagans. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Proverbs three chapter five is always a nice classic. Trust Lord with all your heart, and not on yes. your understanding. I mean, on your own understanding, boy. Mm. That's great. Decent, decent. Um, Mine always has been First Corinthians ten thirty one. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it to God's glory. Try to allow that to um, be the basis of everything and anything I do. I thought Peter was about to drop um, Romans three for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. <laughs> no. <laughs> so any theologically dense. Nah, I'm just just trying to give God glory to varying degrees of uh, success every now and then. Well, go yeah. Peter. That's go, dope. Peter. I like that question. Yeah, that was a nice one to throw in there. Robert, you're Robert, up. What's yours? It's my question. So this question about the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. So um we know that back in the day when when they were like you couldn't touch the Ark of the Covenant unless you were unless you were, like the chosen people. Mm. And like anyone any, anyone 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 else who tried instantly died. Yes. Um, like do you think yeah. Do you think post crucifixion with the veil being torn and God not being in a certain place, if someone were to touch the Ark of the Covenant today, would they still die? 
Or would Jesus' sacrifice mean that it was okay to touch? This answer is going to sound bad, but I kind of hope that they would die. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the reason I say that in as much as the, like, the veil has been torn and all of them things there and like access to the holies of holies has now been granted through Jesus Christ, the Ark of the Covenant still represents something very significant. And I think its representation hasn't um, diminished in that it represented the very presence of God. And as much as through Christ we have access to this, but I still believe, I, I would still like to hold on to the notion of this relic of judaism if i can call it that um it's still weighty it's still significant um still holds um importance um now you could argue that yes it's it's still relevant it's still weighty but it doesn't hold as much importance as it did before because of jesus so it's almost like jesus is now the ark of the covenant if if we could use that analogy um but in terms of physical embodiment on earth, we know that Jesus is in heaven um, and we're his representatives on earth. But the Ark of the Covenant still remains God's physical chosen um, representation on earth. It's like the cherubim and stuff, over, um, touching over and stuff. So I would like to hope, I would like I would like it to be like, yeah, like you touch it and you're like, man, like us are struck dead. Um simply because it's just like it's it's that tangible reminder of this awesome and wonderful wonderful god wondrous god that 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 we serve um so i would like it to be whether it is i don't know Mm. um do you think that would or why don't you think that extended to like to like the places like the holy the, the holy of holies where the ark was kept because like all them temples and them things have like been long been destroyed and broken down. Yeah, I think um, it's so the, the holies of holies is where like only the um, chief priests can kind of go into. Yeah. Um, and if you weren't selected and you try to go into it, fam, it's peak for you. Um. So repeat the question again. Um, how come, um, why didn't that holy killingness extend to the holies of holies? If you feel like it, it could possibly extend to the, if it is possible with the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, because I, I, I think the holies of holies was, was the holies of holies because it, it housed the Ark of the Covenant. And that's, that's what made it the holies of holies. And so when we hear, when we read of the, the, temple being built and stuff the holies of holies was like built and everything but it wasn't until the ark of the covenant was placed in there that the cloud kind of descended and sat upon it and like the presence of god filled it and so i think the presence of god follows the ark of the covenant and with the holies of holies being a designated space for it it's only right that the weight of god's glory kind of sits there as well but i believe that it follows the Ark of the Covenant and that's why they were able to take it into battle and stuff and that was like the physical representation of God's presence being there with them um, it, I don't think the cru- the crucifix that we wear holds as much weight um, 
but it, it would be almost similar to that where we hold like people wear the crucifix and like rosary beads and stuff and it, it's almost like that physical reminder um but this the ark of the covenant is, is actually like god was like no like this this is where my presence is going to be and obviously it being situated within the holies of holies is is god ordained as well and so i think it extends to that any pushback Peter? i kind of completely disagree <laughs> okay I'm answering that kind of okay now let's hear it <laughs> I kind of definitely completely disagree um, only because uh, even with the Ark of the Covenant there were people mm. who were allowed to touch it which were the priests um, I think the tribe of Korhath or something like that were yeah. those that would take it down and carry it across and as you said the chief priest would go in every now and then mm-hmm. every now and then once a year would sprinkle blood but I, did, and, I didn't say anything in terms of um, well, so, no so, one being not being allowed to touch no them. no no so the reason I, I go there is if there if people certain people were allowed to touch it priests were allowed to touch it mm-hmm. we have now been made a royal priesthood so unless you're talking about like any other mandem going to touch the covenant I think we now as carriers of the presence I'm, I'm thinking in terms of physics Uzzah or Isaiah I never know how to pronounce the name mm. um, died or was struck down because it was unholy touching the holy and it was then be consumed it, it was physics it wasn't mm. necess- it wasn't like it wasn't ra- God was angry, angry. no yeah. I, I don't think it was physics bro I think it was physics. I think it was. Because if just it was that, physics, then how mm. did the, how did the priests? Because they were consecrated. But, because they were consecrated. But consecration doesn't change physics. No, when I say physics, physics in the terms of light extinguishing darkness. So spiritual physics. That's why I say physics in like quotation marks. So not necessarily like quantum physics or anything, but quite literally just in terms of God having defined that which is holy mm-hmm. and define that which are consecrated to yeah. touch that which is holy um if something outside of that comes into contact with it it will be extinguished mm. the same reason that um god gave them all these various rules and said um i can't remember the verse but was saying along the lines of all these rules regarding cleanliness and, and being made unholy and all of that is so that the people aren't consumed when his presence is amongst them like it was mm-hmm. grace that they had to if they touched a dead body they were considered unclean and mm. if they you know they had to be outside the camp because when God's presence came if there was anything unclean it's not wrath it's just holiness mm-hmm. will extinguish those things and he didn't want to extinguish them so given that there were people who once consecrated were allowed to touch it and we have now been made a royal priesthood mm-hmm. after the um you know without with our high priest being of the order of Melchizedek, and which is higher than Aaron, uh, Aaron, Aaron. Um, <laughs> I, I like think, an American boy. I, I think that um, if we were to know where the Ark of the Covenant is and and touch it, I think we would be okay, unless we were tempting God, unless we're trying to do something otherwise. Because so we've now been made right holy. Place. Yeah, because we've now okay, been I'm, made holy, yeah. and we are now priests. I think. That makes yeah. Sense. I think. And, uh, um, I should have just just and this isn't me backtracking because I still stand on my on, on my position and I'll kind of clarify afterwards. But I should have clarified in terms of when I when I mentioned um, Azar um, mm. and him being struck, I wasn't necessarily saying everyone 
would get struck because there's still the recognition, as you said, that there were people who were designated to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And mm. to like, even when they were going into battles, like it was actual people that carried it into the, ba- into, mm-hmm. into the battle and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they were a sect of people, like anyone who was allowed to go, not necessarily into the holies or holies, because only the high priest was allowed to go into that. But there mm. were a sect of people within the Levite camp <clears throat> that were tasked with carrying the the Ark of the Covenant. And even then, they had to do so with poles. So they had to feed poles through it. Except for the chief priests who could rub blood on the horns and and do that. And and that's so... so, My point is, we've now been made that chief priest, if that makes sense. So, no, no, no. My my pushback is, in Mm. us being a royal priesthood, Jesus is the chief priest. We're a royal priesthood in him. Mm. He is our high priest. So, not the high well, so this is the thing the high priest wasn't necessarily a royal priest at that time. The high priest was still of the order of Levi, and then mm-hmm. of the tribe of Judah, you had yeah. the, um, the royal line. But we have ascended, and so David could go into the Holy of Holies and eat the holy bread, and was grace was extended to him. But then yeah. we are also priests, and so I think that we, we are now in a higher position and we've been made holy. By being purchased by God's um, by God's blood, yes, we're still being you know we're still being uh, sanctified, but for you know all intents and purposes, we've been purchased, we've been washed by the blood, we are also holy, and that's why I still push back, bro, because mm. it's like no, even enough. with this with the sacrifices of the lamb and stuff which was to cleanse the people they still weren't allowed, and I know that Jesus' sacrifice is much greater than any lamb, any animal stuff like that. But there's still a distinction between us, and it's not. It's not saying that. So, so my my, <coughs> my greatest yeah. distinction, my greatest distinction is the fact that first, as you said, the the, the blood of the lamb never removed, only covered. It yes. never removed this, and it only covered this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then also, yeah. Yeah. we now are carriers of His presence. Mm-hmm. So, if we are carriers of His presence, are we not of you know, if, if the Ark of the Covenant covered his, carried, carried his presence amongst the people that couldn't carry it, and we are now, you know, a temple, we are now carriers of his presence, we've made tabernacles of his presence, are we not essentially kind of like the same thing, only in my, in, you know, I think a little bit greater, because we are his children, as opposed to just his container? Robert's tapped out of the conversation. Um... <laughs> I'm just let you. My, I'm, I'm just let you guys have fun. That's what I do. I, I come to cause chaos and then I leave. Because <laughs> it's even in terms of if we draw a distinction as well with um, uh, uh, communion. Mm. If we draw a distinction to communion, it's, it's not it's not exactly on the same page. But with us being made holy and everything like that. Mm. People still died as a as as a result of not taking communion seriously and not handling it rightly. Mm-hmm. And so this would almost be likened to what you were saying in terms of touching Ark of the Covenant for like ulterior motives or whatever, like tempting God and testing and stuff like that. Mm. But for the most part, if you come if you come with like the right heart, right mindset, and I say that loosely because like if you come in reverence, if you come in reverence for what you're you're partaking in, you're cool for the most part. Um, I haven't currently heard of anyone who died from being communion. Uh, and I know that the people that I've seen taking communion haven't all been of like, oh, 
this is reverential. Oh, of course, pit of bed. Let me go eat it. Um, so my my distinction is I still feel as though, and it's not saying like you need to be super holy, super Christian or whatever in order to be able to touch it. I still see a distinction. I I, be, I believe so. I would I, I could even almost argue um, that the Ark of the Covenant. Um, that, ah, that no, nah, this this is a stretch. I'm not gonna say that. That like Jesus <laughs> is the Ark of the Covenant. That's that's a hella stretch. So I'm not gonna say that. That's um, not that far fetched. To be fair, some people argue they can't find it because yeah. it, it was Christ in the flesh, sort of thing. And it's and I, I say it's, it's a stretch because like I would then have to justify it. And in my justification, I may be pulling on scriptures and stuff that don't quite fit. That, that's yeah. what I'm like. It's a bit of a stretch because I haven't okay. thought through as much. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's. I believe that we are in him and so being in him negates the reason for us to touch it because he's he's already like done the thing if that makes sense but I say that also to say the reason I said I would hope that people still die isn't necessarily that Christians will die it mm. isn't necessarily that Christians will die and that's I'm like I'm not necessarily backtracking Mm. Um, because I didn't make the distinction from the from the jump, and I, mm. I've, as you were saying, I recognise I didn't make that distinction. So it isn't necessarily that Christians will touch it and then die. I don't necessarily mm. believe that. I do, as as you have said, like Jesus' blood cleanses us, and he he is like he is the most holiest God man. Like mm. that that again blows our minds. Mm. Um, and holy is something set apart, separate, like totally other. And Jesus is totally other. Like, no, we can't comprehend fully God, fully man. We can't mm. comprehend that. Um, and he, so he's like the physical embodiment. He's not like he is the physical embodiment of the triune God. And in him, we have been made um, partakers of his body. Like, we are one body, as, as, as the Bible says. Mm. Um, and so I, I believe that if you're truly in him, um, then, as you're saying, it's like high priests, and you're able. We are via Jesus able to go into the holiest of holies. We have we, are, we have access to the very presence of God in mm. prayer. All of them things there. Um, but I hope that there'll be a distinction between like, yo, that like, this is still holy. Mm. This is still the physical representation of the sovereign Lord, like Elohim. And you can't just touch it by hats. You can't like you can't just approach it on mm. a whim. Mm. Um, and that that's why I was like, I would hope, yeah, no, due no. to the grandeur of who God is, I would hope that that still stands. But I mm. didn't make the distinction between oh, like whether for a Christian, whether non non Christian and stuff like that. I hadn't thought that far, but I was just like, I would hope that there will still be a weight of glory to that. That will still that will still manifest a demonstration of who God is if you were to touch it um, in a manner that was unworthy. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. Nah, cool. You guys finished? <laughs> I, I think, we, I think we're, we, we've agreed. I think we, we are kind of... I think you, Peter, took it a step further in terms of making a distinction between who can and can't. Was I was just saying, I would hope that there will still be a a category of cannot. Mm. Even with Jesus, I'll still I'll still hope that there will be a category of cannot. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That is Are you gonna come back on the screen then? Do I have to? <laughs> Can't.
comeback, man. Like being elusive. Comeback. <laughs> You're elusive to who? No one can actually see you other than us two. It's not that deep. I hope this, oh, wow. this segment stays stays in the podcast. It will. It will. <laughs> Just so people can see how long Robert is for no reason. Okay. So let's get into today's topic for today. For today. Today's topic for today. Cool. <laughs> Just need to overemphasize it was for today. Anyway, so last night I watched this documentary on Netflix called Rising Phoenix. Oh, um, I think I've seen that actually. There's a documentary about um, Paralymp- Paralympic athletes. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I've seen it. It's been suggested to me. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. like it shown it is shown the journey of the, of the Paralympics over the years, and it showed like some of the stories of some of the different Paralympics uh, Paralympians. Um, yeah, showing some of the stories about how they came to be um, disabled. Some were born disabled. Some had to have limbs amputated because of diseases. Mm. And one guy legit had his leg chopped off with a machete. Smart. Yeah. Hey, but he's, he's mashing peas as a result of it, though. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, and it was, it was quite inspiring to like watch how they didn't let being disabled stop them from achieving such greatness mm. in, in, in like their chosen field. And then it got, and then it got me thinking has so we we we've all been created by god has god created Hopefully. us created us <laughs> has god created us all to be great or mm. did god did, did god create some of us with the intention of us being mediocre in life Pia. the um the 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 I think it's Paul who talks about the Potter's prerogative. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, you're talking about a different a different metaphor. Oh, yeah. I was saying, I was saying the, yeah. the Potter's prerogative with regards to the clay that he molds, and some he molds as vessels of honor, others as vessels for destruction, um, as he chooses. And I sort of think of it somewhat of that along that line, um, in that. There will be some that um, will never achieve whatever God's purpose for them is. And oh, I, th- I thought about saying something else. You never achieve greatness. You hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think I think it comes down to our definition of greatness because we see we see a um, a misunderstanding of greatness with the way that the Pharisees viewed their Messiah when when Christ did come. They thought he was going to come and liberate them politically and then he came to liberate their souls and eternity so i think it, it definitely comes down to what your understanding of greatness is yeah. um but i do believe that everyone was created with a purpose in mind from god and it just so turns out that um you know all men have fallen short of that original hey, you've taken it to romans free we had to get there in it we had to get there um <laughs> Yeah, that, okay. that's, that's my thoughts. No. Okay, yeah, so let, let so, me. Can I? Oh, do you wanna? Oh no, 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 You go, you go, you go, you go. I think um, even use, using the passage that um, Peter touched on from Paul in terms of the potter from the same lump of clay making some for making some uh, vessels for honorary use and some for 
dishonorary use and stuff is, is fascinating that they're all from the same lump of clay. Um, we're all made in the image of God, but that image is broken, it's fallen, it's marred. It's, it's, yeah, it's not as reflective as we should do. It's like it, the reflection of God isn't, isn't as clean or clear as it should be. And obviously the more we live a life of sin, the more marred it becomes. But the more we surrender to the Holy Spirit, the clearer and clearer it becomes. It's like we're continually being transformed into the image of Christ. Um, and glorification is where we see him, we become like him. And that's when Jesus, that's when God is being able to like be seen through us all the more clearer, clearly clearer. Um, so I do believe that everyone has greatness within them because we're all made in the image of God. Everyone has value. Everyone has purpose. And as Peter was saying, it's the degree to which you live that out. <clears throat> it's, it's the degree to which that that is manifested on in the in the natural um, that is is in question. It's like your intrinsic worth and value doesn't change because you haven't reached Bezos heights or whatever. Um, but your communal worth, your net worth, and like how much you've contributed to the earth, that's what changes. And so arguably like a thief um, before God's eyes is just as valuable as the president. But in, a, in the community, the president, unless you're Trump, has had more positive impact than the thief. And so th there's there's these realities in which, like, if we're talking greatness as an intrinsic greatness, then I, I'll say everyone's got everyone's got that. If we if we're saying manifested um, greatness in terms of a life lived out in greatness, then I'll say no, not and I'll say no, and it isn't something um, like a defect or flaw from God, but rather how we as human beings have chosen to live out the choices that we have made, our free will, if you if you will, um, that then determines how much of that greatness within us is seen externally. I hear that. I feel like, yeah, I, I do feel like God is called for some people to be great and other people to not. <laughs> I think, I, I think um, it's, it's, uh, this analogy when I was in, when I was working in schools, I found really helpful. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you would think that all fishes are stupid. Um, and so I can't hear you, Robert. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I'm going to get onto that analogy in a second. All right. You <laughs> ahead, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. Man's activating trap cards and that. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's yes in terms of... No, no. I think like every, every single person has a role to play. Um, and with it, the earth is almost like rough analogy like a well machine like a well-oiled um clock where every cog needs to be in place for everything to kind of run as it ought to run and so a bigger cog and as much as it's turning more is still dependent on a smaller cog and so it's like the ceo of a company still dependent on the cleaners cleaning cleaning the company cleaning the, the building in order for people to be able to do what they're doing and so everyone is dependent on one another and uh, like life is interdependent so I, I yeah i don't i think greatness is as peter was saying it is it, it will be based on how we define greatness in terms of our like um billy graham is is much more greater than benny hinn or whatever and whatever criteria you may use to judge that, I think it will be it will be more relative than 
objective. It's more Fam, subjective. The grammar in that sentence was horrendous, but you know. <laughs> Shut. <laughs> we, we, okay, okay. Let's start with definition of greatness and then go on to my next point. So, yeah. how how would how how do you guys define greatness in your life, and how is that and is there any difference from what you guys think biblical greatness is? Mm. I haven't defined greatness in my life. Um, I think the notion that I have been running with is fulfilling more um, just being more so who God wants me to be and greatness being found in that. And so if God just wants me to be a good father, my greatness would be found in just being a good father as opposed to hitting this level or hitting these milestones. It's just embodying and accepting mm. more and more so who God has created me to be. And for me, that, that and yeah, I don't tend to use the word greatness because um, for me, it conjures up certain imagery and stuff that I like for me personally, my disposition it isn't helpful. Um, I just want to be faithful. I just want to be that good and faithful servant. Um, but as would you want to that great servant? Would you want? But you'd want to hit greatness when it co- when it comes to like rugby and stuff. So that's when, a low when, blow. That's a low blow. That, that is a low blow. But <laughs> but I I can I can respond to that. Okay. I want to get to a point where I am happy with the work that I produce. But we all know that as creatives we're always trying to push ourselves. It isn't necessarily to hit greatness, but there's there's always something that you want to tweak. There's always something that you want to, it's like, there's always something that you want to tweak. And so it isn't like, yes, I, and this is why I say I struggle with greatness because yes, I have Im- like I, um, images of me like standing in front of Tate Modern or whatever with my, with my work behind me. But I'm like, if that's what I am, I'm measuring myself by everything outside of that is a failure. I'd rather take it as it comes and just grow. If I get I there, so I be agree it. With that. I don't think I agree with that. I feel like you can still have milestone moments that can be classed as greatness. Uh, and uh, this is this is why I said it's based on my disposition. Okay. So for for somebody else, like there are some people who are genuinely being goal oriented is beneficial for them. Mm-hmm. But for me, I find that it is not. Goals, I, I become tunnel visioned and goals and like everything else kind of falls by the wayside. And so I find it much more helpful to build systems as opposed to have goals that I'm, I'm striving for. So my system, yeah. my current system is um, one of my systems is that I want to be healthy. So my system is eat right, which includes my dietary um, choices, exercise every day try to sleep um, effectively or try to sleep as much as I need to sleep and drink water. So these four things form a part of the system which moves me in the trajectory of being healthy. So the goal isn't necessarily hit this weight, which it was at one point, but now it's just live a healthy lifestyle. And that's mm-hmm. the system. So yeah, I find that for me personally, systems work better than goals. Um, because goals become anticlimactic once once you hit them, and then it's like you're searching for the next goal and blah blah blah. Um, so yeah, for me, I have shied away from the notion of greatness because of my disposition, and I try to just.
be faithful and diligent with what God has put before me, which includes photography. So I just try to be diligent with that. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think um, in similar fashion, it's sort of uh, everything, everything gets filtered through the lens of being a faithful servant. And like I was, I was literally just looking up the verse where the disciples had a similar argument uh, amongst themselves as to who would be the greatest. And mm. Christ, in response, took a child, and uh, and and exemplified that the least amongst them, um, the the person who seeks to to or not not even seeks, but the person who least seeks to be visibly or, or recognized as the greatest is the one that will actually be the greatest in the, in the kingdom and the least amongst them will be the greatest so for me everything gets filtered through that um gets filtered through being a faithful servant and i think it's similar fashion to what mo said um it, it that filters into whatever we're doing and, and making sure that god is pleased with what we're doing as opposed to just trying to um, achieve worldly glory as as would be the suggested by the word great. Mm. I don't know anything about what about you? What about you? Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think so. When I think of greatness, I think of diligence. So, like, the story comes to mind is like the three summits that were given the talents. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the servant that, that was able to flip the five talents into ten on one level could, could, could be seen as the greatest because he had the greatest output. But if you look at him and the second servant, they both flipped their money to like double it. Yeah, so the, their output and everything um, was 100%. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I think your metric of greatness depends on how you measure it and, and like what kind of measurement you are doing it against. And um, I feel like a personal view of greatness is different from someone viewing you as great. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just like the way Michael Jordan perceives himself as great is different from how like me or you might perceive Michael Jordan as great. Um, just because he's got different values and ideas and different goals from us um, watching him do all the sick stuff. Um, but yeah, but I think that story of the talents, um, just being diligent with what you have and um, just work, working hard with it is, is what makes you great. Because not, not everyone's called to be a Michael Jordan. But um, yeah, but right, it doesn't so mean question. that... Question. If the servant who was given five talents made three more, and the person who was given two talents made two more, would you still think that the person with a five made more than the person with a two? I think that the master might, but if you're looking at it percentage-wise, then... The second, the, the, the like two talent servant was more efficient than than the five talent um, servant. So then, greatness isn't particularly based on 
your output. No, I think it is. Based on output in terms of um, in comparison to where you started off. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but um, going back to your analogy about um, if you try and get a fish to climb a tree, mm-hmm. um, I think that when you try and compare two people in greatness, you you never you you'll never get like a good mark just because of people being different. And but but the, the the reason I'm the reason I'm pushing on this is that <clears throat> we weren't get we were we aren't told that they were given specific instructions as to what to do, where to do it, how to do it. They were given the money, and they mm-hmm. then chose based on their specialities where they were going to invest the money and how they were going to utilize it. And so, if yeah. the person with five wasn't able to flip it and bring it back a hundred percent increase but the person with a two was able to flip it and bring back a hundred percent increase then he was a lot more efficient with what he was given now obviously this this is an ideal situation where we kind of know the inputs and we know the outputs and everything like that but in terms of if you and peter are setting off now i don't know the input from peter i don't know the input from me all i know is outputs all I know is that like Peter's doing this, you're doing this. And so my judgment and recognition will be based on what I can see. And that's one flaw when it comes to humanity. And the Bible says that with humans we see we see like we see the physical, but God sees the heart. And that's that's where God kind of judges from. Um, uh, I think yeah. I think I think the thing to note is that both especially with the with the with the um with the seven with the talents, uh, the mm. parable of the talents is the first and second servant received the same response yeah. from the master, yeah. Yeah. regardless of the yeah. fact that they end up yeah. bringing more. Yeah. And the only distinction we see made is when the one was taken from the selfish servant, it was mm-hmm. given to the one who had more because he'd been diligent with, or he'd been, you know, it was based on their capacity yeah. and he had capacity to do with more. Yes. But with regards to their output with regards to their flipping you know the talents that they were given they were both diligent and Whoa, in... why did you say flipping like that you made it sound so <laughs> the flipping <laughs> yeah just say flipping flipping be cool sometimes uh, Peter. With, with regards to their yes uh, <laughs> i'm trying to even think of how i'm going to say it to sound whatever but no conversion with, 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 converting with, the money with, with respect to the master's response to the selfish servant, he was like, even if you had done nothing and put it in the bank so it would accrue in, uh, interest, that would have almost been sufficient. So it was almost like it, it was like like you guys are saying the 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 outputs in numbers as we judge isn't even important. Yeah. What's yeah. important is yeah. how much we've been diligent with what we're yeah. doing. And I think that's what I was trying to push towards um, using that analogy, which I wasn't able to do as um, succinctly as I'd like to. But just like it isn't so much so that this person has done more than this person is more so this person had capacity to do way much more. But he didn't. I think the other person um, did. So that's kind of what I was pushing towards. Yeah, I think it depends on like the metric that, that you're looking at. So one person might see... Um, the servant came back with, let's say, like um, the the one with five came back with three more, mm-hmm. and say, okay, he's got eight, so like he did good. But then someone might say, 
look at look at the second servant. He had two, he got two more. Um, and then you might look at that and say, okay, he was he was able to bring me a hundred percent return on what I gave him. And so someone might be more likely to go with that second servant based on the percentage he brought back as opposed to oh. the the, um, the 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 monetary value that he gave or like brought. Yeah. Yeah, man's man's judgment and standards are are flawed. Um, as so, as we all are. So yeah, there's a kind of like beauties and I don't I have the bold the kind of thing. Like, what mm-hmm. you see more important is how you judge your metrics. Um, but yeah, going back to the fish thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that so fish are good at swimming, monkeys are good yeah. at climbing trees? Yeah. Do you think that every single person has something that they can be great at? What do you think that some people are just <laughs> crap across the board? Um, I do believe that we're, we're uniquely gifted as human beings. Um, and um, I one, one verse that I really like, as <clears throat> most bitter Christian creators would like, um, I think it's Exodus 31, where I believe it's Exodus 31 where God was saying to Moses that he's blessed certain men with artistic abilities to be able to, um, to do the work that he's called them to do, to craft and fashion the articles within the, within the tabernacle, yeah. I believe. Um, and so even just then, it's just like the artistic gifting is a gifting. And then, um, and at, when, we, when we get to Paul, within the New Testament, Paul specifies that some have the gift of teaching, some have the gift of prophecy. Um, different people have different giftings and different incl- inclinations and stuff like that. So I do believe that every single person has a different disposition and a different skill set, which then leans them towards a different expression of of that gifting and, and skill set. So two people may be phenomenal photographers, but just because of their dispositions, they'll shoot like very differently. Um, so yeah, I, I do believe that everybody's uniquely gifted, um, based on even like phys- physicalities. And so like athletes aren't physically built like, uh, like sumo wrestlers or whatever, like they're different. Um, well, sumo wrestlers kind of make themselves. Like, yeah. But yeah. But sumo wrestlers are athletes too. Yeah. But no, what I mean is like a runner and a sumo wrestler, they're built different. And even physically, they're built for their sport and for for what they're doing. And so there's a uniqueness within that. Um, But in saying that, I do recognise that sumo wrestlers weren't born like that. Like, it's a training regime that gets them there. And they they are hench. Like, they are actually hench. Um, I thought, thought, well, some of them anyway, but I thought, like, it was just fat. But no, like, I was seeing them as Scott, and I'm like, fam, that's muscle. That is muscle. (laughs) And them man go on runs. Okay. I've never seen a sumo wrestler run before. Bro, them man go on jogs and that, like they run. I might to Google that later. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think God's called you to be great at? To be a great servant. Humble break. You know what the one says. Be a great servant. Nah. Um. Do you know what? I think, so again, I struggle with the notion of greatness because as soon as I start to think of greatness, 
I start to think about outputs and stuff like that and being efficient and all of them things there. And I don't, I don't, historically that hasn't been helpful to me. Historically mm-hmm. that hasn't moved me in the right, in the right direction. Um, and so I like to view it more so from the place of becoming more and more sensitive to the leadership and more and more saying yes to however is leading me. And the direction in which I see that happening is, or what I kind of see being emphasized within that is photography, definitely. Mm. Um, photography, definitely um, being one of them. But the other one is literally just being a husband and a father. Um, and like, just not even, because like, it's, it's not a competition. I'm not trying to beat Peter at being a good father. I'm not trying to, like, it's not. And I guess... Whenever, whenever I hear, of, <laughs> whenever I hear of greatness, it's almost greatness in comparison to somebody else, greatness yeah. in comparison to this, and so greatness almost becomes, it's almost like a podium. I am great because you are not, and it's not a case of we are all great collectively, um, in as much as that should be the case. And even even if it isn't, the ones who deem themselves great should be trying to draw up those who are struggling or whatever. But yeah, so I, I, um, I view greatness for me, the term greatness with all the human baggage being detrimental for me. I like to view it from a perspective of, um, as I said already, being more and more sensitive to what, however God is, God's spirit is leading me and more and more so saying yes to that leadership and surrendering and submitting to it. And as I said, primarily, I do see, like, I need a relationship with God to be able to be sensitive to his spirit. And so, like, investing into that, but also investing into photography and investing into my wife and my family. Um, And then everything else kind of flows out through that. As I get deeper into photography, it opens different doors in terms of work. As I get better at community in terms of nuclear community, it then opens up different doors in terms of church community, like different places that I go to. And it just kind of opens up different doors for me to be able to do different things. Um, So that's so for me, it will be those three categories. And it isn't necessarily greatness in my relationship with God. But no, it's just submitting myself to him. And it isn't particularly greatness in my photography, but no, it's being diligent. It's, be, it's being consistent. It's actually devoting and like pouring myself into this thing, consistently like enjoying it and knowing that I will grow as I enjoy it. And greatness in my family. It's just like yo, to love my wife as Christ loved the church, like that. That is a madness. To love my wife as Christ loves the church, and to be God's representative to my children because I know that as a father like us saying like God is a father like God is our father and them things there it's my love for them and how I bring them up will definitely impact how they view God as a father mm-hmm. and so there, there's a weight there for me where it's just like yo like I'm the head of this household and my actions will impact their relationship with God so for me, those are the three areas where I'm just like, this is where I believe God is. It has been directing me and mm-hmm. shaping me, um, shaping me for. So yeah, I don't know if I'll say that these are the areas that I'm going to be great in because I can't be a great. Well, some people say you can be a great Christian, but I'm just I just want to be a faithful Christian. I want to be a submitted Christian. Um, Amen. 
I want to be a diligent. I want to like pour myself into photography, and I want to I want to serve serve my wife and my family. So yeah, that's that's me. Okay. How about yourself, Peter? What What would you say? Well, you you, you can say the question, Peter Robert. Yeah, Peter. What What do you think? Or like, what do you feel God has called you to be great? At? It's interesting. I don't think I've ever thought about anything in in that manner. Um, not not to reiterate Mo's uh, answer. Um, okay, pick a different but... one. <laughs> I should just pick a different answer. No, 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 no not no. to say not 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 regarding uh, areas I'm supposed to be great in, but regarding whether God's called me to greatness in any area. I don't, I've, I don't, I've not thought about it in in those terms. It's always mm. just been whatever's God called me to do to do it. I think my struggle these days has been in recognizing that verse and, and you know as i said 1 corinthians 10 31 is my favorite one but that's almost reiterated in the verse that says whatever your hands find to do do it as though you're doing it to god's glory and my struggle these days has been in being honest with myself if everything i'm doing i am doing it with that sort of reverence gusto. yeah gusto gusto is a good word um, <laughs> And I'm 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 finding myself more and more asking if, you know, in my work, at my nine to five, am I doing that as though I was doing it unto God? In my, you know, in, in podcasting and editing, am I editing as though I was editing unto God? And so that's how I've been thinking about things, and and it's never been greatness. Um, I've never been thinking about greatness uh, so so much. Peter sounds like he's living in Legoland right now. Trust. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it, it, so I, I've never thought about it like that. I've just thought, whatever my hands find to do. And so I find my hands doing a lot. <laughs> like, whatever they're doing, they have to be doing it to God's glory. And I'm going to yes. sanctify that statement with that. Because you guys are... That's a, that's a it's late, man. It's late, man. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired. Is it, just, is, it, is it just me? Or like when you're tired, it's harder to kind of like. Oh, there's no food ca- tired. Fam, there's, no food. there's none. I think our wildest episodes have been episodes where we're just all tired, come in, no filter, wow. and then just go off. Morning or evening, Robert, yeah. yourself. I know that Robert's um, got like got like a uh, arm's length list of things that he believes he's called to be great at. Yeah. I I do, but but you know tonight we're gonna be poet. A great this, a great that, a great husband, a great accountant. Okay, let's just let's let's let's, let's just pick one thing. Oh, um, sir. Nah, Roll them off, innit? Roll them off, innit? No, no, no. Humble, hum, humble things, humble things, humble things, humble things. I'm sorry, this has been going on for a while, so let's let's wrap it up. Soon. Um, I think that God has called me to be a great um teacher of the Bible, teacher of the Web. Did you say preacher or teacher? Teacher. 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 We ain't going to be no preachers out here. No. Peter's the only preacher um, out here. Yeah, preacher Pete. I'm, I'm the opposite of a preacher. I never preach. I don't preach. I don't like preaching. <laughs> I got so defensive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just yesterday, I was thinking about how, like, when it comes to, like, comics, and um like manga and stuff 
like I can just like tell you the synopsis of anything, all the details, just like just like off the top like that. And then and I just caught myself thinking, raw, I wish I could do this with like biblical fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this like, can you do like, that with the Bible? <laughs> yeah. I just wanna yeah. So I wanna get to that point where I can talk about the Bible, teach the Bible with the same ease as I can talk about comics and manga. And mm. I, I do feel like God has given me the capacity to be able to do that. So it's just about me putting in that work continuing that and do it. And like, I do oh. in a way that is fun and like interactive for the people I am teaching or like doing studies with. But yeah. When when Robert said that, the verse that came to my mind was the blind leading the blind. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be a tiny bit. I'm gonna be a tiny bit more positive and say, Robert, I think you should go for it. I think I, I do think you, you have that capacity. <laughs> so cold. So we're both falling into a ditch. Um, Wait, did you know he was blind? He was blind. He was blind. He was blind. Paul. And then he became the greatest of all the apostles. You don't know. He wasn't blind though. Like if you're, if you're gonna teach, if you're gonna teach, bro, time for three bro, days. Bro, it's all time for three bro. days. Was it three days? Bro. You couldn't see that's being blind. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have just made my point. You have literally just made my point. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but on 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 a real on a real note. Nah, you, you have shared that before and like your heart for the word and for trying to communicate the word is evident and even um, with what you've got now, you're very open with sharing it. Like if you see someone who's struggling or whatever, you're very open and willing to just kind of step in and do that. So yeah, man, just want to encourage you with that, man. Just yeah. dig into the word and that. Just make sure you don't become a heretic and that. But no, nah, I'm joking. Uh, um, but yeah, you know, I just want to encourage you with that, bro. Thank you guys. Thank you for your encouragement. You guys are the best. You know, it's good as me. But, you know, that's great. <laughs> yes. I'll go first. Um, <gasps> what is this going first? What is it really? Hey, come on. So I'm, I'm currently watching Sword Art Online and it's dope. So, yeah, that's my mm. hookup. Sword Art Online. Online. Anime series. Come on. Netflix and that is there. Or if you've got Crunchyroll and everything's there, then you should know about. Like sort out online if you got if you got Crunchyroll and that. But if you don't, it's on Netflix. Get involved. Yeah. It's a what fifteen plus. So fifteen. It is. It's a fifteen plus, bro. Yeah, bro. There's not even any blood in it. There's barely any blood in it. But Netflix have it as a fifteen. Mm. These sons are watching know, it. My one year old son. For those who don't know, sort of online is about like they've created like this virtual gaming experience where you put on this like headset and you're like properly immersed inside the game like proper 3d virtual gaming thing but there's a caveat in that um if you everyone that is in the game is stuck in the game and like if you die in the game you die in real life if you try and take off the headset you die and then you're dead man <laughs> said you die and then you're dead yeah second definitely <laughs> uh, i'll go next okay uh, so mine is an app called Deep Stash. Deep Stash. It's like um, it's uh, summarizes. 
That's just as in S T A S H. S T A S H. Yes, yes, deep stash. Yeah. Okay. And it it um it summarizes like articles and ideas into a little bite sized um uh paragraph. So it will summarize like a whole book into like six or seven bite sized paragraphs. And it's really good. Like I've I've read quite a bit recently. And um, does it have the Bible on it? No, it doesn't have the Bible on it. No. I'm curious to see how how it will summarize that. Jesus died for you. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the long and short of it, isn't it? Literally. But no, I, I've you know I I've, I've read about stoicism and how it seems I, I might be very stoic in my thinking or I can agree with that I can agree with that I didn't know that at all so I can agree with that like, yeah so um yeah no it's it's a really good uh, really good app uh, I found it quite interesting so deep stash and it's free you sound like a drug you sound like a drug drug dealer but yeah. My hookup is my hookup is a song. <laughs> cool. Hey, I heard a couple of songs from Ivorian Dolls though. What do you we, think? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, we we we'll chat that up afterwards. Alright, cool, cool, cool. She's cool, on, cool. she's on, she's on, a, she's on the drill thing, yeah. Yes, but anyway, so my hookup is a song um called Jolene by Dolly Parton. Oh my gosh, that song is just so great. It's a country. It's a country song. Yeah. Um, and it's a song about this woman who is going to this woman called Jolene and begging her not to steal her husband away from her. Um. Okay. But it's okay. like not much you can like say the, to that. Like the story, the, the story that the, the 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 song tells is just so amazing. I feel like I want to write like a like a poem inspired by it. I might do that. Yeah, that does sound like your your kind of songs. <laughs> Good times, man. Anyway, um, let's wrap up. Shout out to the intro outro music, Camel Tunnel for the ordinary arrays for the ordinary amazing logo. You can find us at Twitter at Defense UK, Instagram, PBS Furnish. You can email us at pbsfurnishnotmail.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash that's the no on all good podcasts, websites, apps, including I choose them things there. Black transfer the apostrophe. And we out. That's it. Yes, sir. Alright. Black Smith Burner signing out. Black. <laughs>